Hi, this is Lori Ann Davis, author of Unmasking Secrets to Unstoppable Relationships, and you're listening to The Rock Your Retirement Show. Welcome back to The Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking about the three ways to approach the other part of retirement planning. One thing that I know is that we talk a lot about the first way, and my guest will mention that, but there are some things that we've never really discussed before on the show. So if you want to hear about some new ways to approach your retirement, then you're going to love this episode. In this show, we'll show you how to decide which of the three ways are right for you and what to do in order to get started right away. I know that many of you have heard a lot of advice on the subject, but you are going to learn at least one new thing today that you can put into action right away. Today's guest is Diane Daly, and she's an expert at having a great retirement because not only does she write about retirement issues, but she also considers that she has found her own perfect retirement. But before we dive in, I wanted to tell you that in this episode is brought to you by the Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal. This write-in journal helps you keep your life on track by tracking what's important. These are the six pillars of retirement that we've talked about on the show, and you can get a PDF version of the journal absolutely free by going to rockyourretirement.com slash journal. Okay, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and bring on Diane Daly. Diane, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Kathy. I'm really happy to be here. Yes, me too. But before we jump in, tell my listener who you are and what you're all about. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I'm a retired teacher, and I've been retired a very long time, uh, over 15 years. And uh, right now, I'm all about enjoying my retirement and um, realizing my passion, which at the moment is my blog. And maybe we can talk about that later. Oh, I'd love to. That's how I found you. Yes. So tell me, um, you've been writing. And one of the reasons why I contacted you is because of a blog post that you did, where you talked about the three ways. So do you want to let me know how you even came up with this article? Sure. Uh, Kathy, when I retired, and I'll talk about that later, but when I retired, the thing that sticks out in my mind is that I really didn't have much preparation. We focused on the finances because this was, uh, as I've told you before, 15 years ago. So uh, this was before the boomers were retiring en masse. And there wasn't a whole lot out there to help me find a way to, uh, to getting any satisfaction in retirement. So one one of the things that I remember is a package that they sent around to us for us to read before our retirement day. And it had all the usual ideas uh, about how to occupy yourself once you are retired. Ideas like you can volunteer, or you can join a walking group or a gym group because it's so important to stay healthy. You, you must stay socially connected. You could learn a new thing like golf or bridge. 
you could learn a new language. And I wasn't attracted to any of these things. Now, wait, before you go on, I just want to say something. 15 years ago to get a package like that, that seems like that was really on the cutting edge of helping people retire. Was this your school district that sent you that? Yes, it was our teachers union that uh, invited us to uh, just, I think, one seminar pre-retirement. Uh-huh. I think now there are a lot more uh, uh, in-depth sessions available, but yeah. that was all that was available. So even though none of those things appeal to you, I, I'm still pretty impressed that they sent that. <laughs> you know? Well, that's good. <laughs> and oh, you, well. ca- you call that, you have a name for that, right? Uh, I called it the traditional role. Right. The traditional route of uh, retirement lifestyle planning sort of is what I'm calling it. But nothing appealed to you. You you read it all and you said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But I recall that that's what happened. Uh, I thought, well, perhaps I've missed something here. And once I retired, I started to... Uh, think about other things. So do you want me to tell you? Well, I'll stick to the article. No, tell me what you <laughs> let's <laughs> tell me what you were doing because that traditional route did not appeal to you. No. So what did you what did you do when you first retired? Did you just say, well I'm not going to do any of these things and just went home and watched TV or, or what happened? No. Uh what I did was sort of uh, search around and the uh, a thing that appealed to me at that time was to read up on it because I'm a reader <laughs> and I read a lot of books I read uh, the purpose of your life I read the writer's way I don't know if you remember that book it was very popular about 15 years ago and it was sort of a workbook I did all the exercises I uh, joined a self-awareness group and uh, it it was a long journey. And at the end of it, I seemed to be more confused than ever. So I started to second guess myself. And I thought, did I retire too early? And was there something more that I had to do in teaching? Did I miss something? So I did what a lot of people do. I applied for a position in a resource room or in a classroom, and I did get a job in a resource room, which was a very intense position. And I stuck at it for six months. And at the end of six months, I had my answer. (laughs) I really didn't want to go back to teaching. (laughs) Well, I had part of an answer. Well, you know, it's funny, a lot of people go back to work, and it's not I mean, some people obviously go back because they didn't save enough. But so many of us go back to work because we don't know what to do with our time. Well, it wasn't only that, Kathy. I really didn't want, I had lots to do, but I wasn't looking for busyness. I was looking for a purpose. I was looking for something meaningful. And I realized then and there that, that I'd, I was done with teaching And that wasn't where I would find my purpose. So I did start to uh, search around at other things. Uh, Meanwhile, I gardened and I did some volunteering. I had a brand new grandson. I spent time with my grandson. That was lovely. 
But I, I had a person approach me about a course in herbalism, uh, learning all about herbs, you know, medicinal herbs. And I, uh, I took that course that lasted an entire year. Wow. So this is, uh, this is one thing that, that people might do while they're in the search. And it was tremendously satisfying. Uh, and I still grow herbs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it's still what didn't seem to really capture my long-term attention. And I, you know, before I knew it, 10 years had gone by. Wow. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds incredible. But I, I was immersed in, in life. But I also always had in the back of my mind, there must be something more that I can really get to. So uh, I was quickly approaching my 75th birthday mm-hmm. <laughs> after 10 years or so, and I uh, made a decision that, that I would revisit something that I'd always wanted to do, and that was to write. Okay. And so that's how the blog started, or? Yes. Well, not right away. Uh, I floated around for a while trying to find out what I would write about. I thought, you know, what do I really have? I have my age. I'm, you know, I'm well on in years. I was born just before the baby boomers, which makes me part of the silent generation. Have you heard about that, Kathy? Absolutely. I've definitely heard of the silent generation. And my husband is right there. He's He was born sort of in the, there's a year or two where there's, not the silent generation and not the baby boomers. And that's the it's year the he was born. Generation. Well, no. Right. Maybe the great way. Anyway, I'm getting them confused. But he's not quite a baby boomer. He missed it by one year. But he's not also the other generation. That generation ended right before <laughs> right before oh, he was it, born. Is that, is that generation X? No, no. That's the generation after the baby boomers, right? No, this was before the baby boomers. So I think it was the greatest generation, then the silent, wait, how does it go? Remind me. It's the, the greatest generation, which yeah. was the World War II generation. Right. And then what comes then, after? Then the silent generation, which is about, which is the, the late 30s and up until 1945. Uh-huh. Then the baby boomers, which went on and on, as you know, right? And then Gen X. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe he was in the silent. I'm not sure. But I know he's not old enough to be in the greatest generation. <laughs> no. So he's, yeah, he's in the silent, but there are different names for that. That's how I came to the name of my blog, because they've also been called the lucky few. Oh, yes. And, um, uh, I spend quite a bit of time writing about the lucky few because we were the last generation that had everything. We had a lot of benefits, lots of employment, lots of money, lots of free education. And then the huge baby boomer was born. And uh, a lot of that sifted away and life became a little more difficult. Oh, because there was so many of them, right? So many of you, yeah. Exactly. So, Kathy, I'll, I'll just carry on a little bit longer to tell you about how I actually got to uh, 
to finding some level of of passion for myself. Yeah, please tell us because although your journey might not be exactly what somebody else's journey is, I know I have a lot of listeners who are trying to find their own journey. And like you, that traditional route just doesn't appeal. And we talk a lot about the traditional route on this show, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, about volunteering and about, you know, exercising and all the things that you mentioned. We explore those on the show, but we don't talk about the other two things that you mentioned in your article. So how did you get to where you are? What happened? How I how I got there was to do, I guess you'd call it trial and error. But once once I discovered that I wanted to revisit writing, and that was a result of some, uh, uh, I think, real soul searching, like, you know, where in my life did I skip something that I should have done? So when I once I got to that realization and started to consider writing, I uh, went online to search about the silent generation, which I didn't know anything about, really. And in there somewhere, I came across across some wonderful blogs that I, one of them was is uh, uh, Time Goes By, Ronnie Bennett. You might have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, eventually thought, well, why don't I, <laughs> why don't I start a blog? So... My daughter happened to be um, really uh, uh, technological and, and, you know, an actual website design. So I asked her to do that for me. And she did. And that's three years ago. So I've been into it for three years. And I know that this is what I want to do as long as I can do it. I absolutely love it. And I'm I'm, um, up in the morning. At five, I write for two hours before my husband awakes and maybe two and a half hours. And then I leave it for the day. And there's a lot uh, involved in uh, having a blog. There's the social media. There's all sorts of things that give you tremendous satisfaction. But I I would like to just go back to the other part of uh, my article which was um, getting professional help, because this is something I didn't do. And I wish that I had been able to, because it's it would have cut years off of my search. And I think this is my message today, and this is maybe how I can help other people. Because if you have a life coach, and I'm, I don't know one because I didn't use one, but there are many online that do all sorts of things like help a person um, overcome negative beliefs about themselves and help them how to feel productive and how to cope with loneliness. It's just a search for all the things surrounding you in retirement that might be problems, but can might be able to turn into something. And I think if I had taken that route, that that I would have discovered that I really wanted to write and, and maybe it, it would have uh, just jumped out at me. But 
as it is, it didn't. It took a long time to get there. You know, Diane, we have had several retirement coaches on the show. And I think what I'm going to do is in the show notes, I'll I'll have my assistant go back and find all of the shows that we had that had uh, retirement coaches. And we'll, we'll put links to them in the show notes uh, for you so that people can can see all the different coaches that we've had and perhaps contact them. That's great advice. Yes. Yeah, I uh, included one in my article, and there's a link to that, but that's all I have. And I think it's a very significant step to take for people who are retired. It would help them a lot. But the last part of my article dealt with another aspect of uh, of how to approach retirement and what to do. Another route is just doing nothing. And that's that's eventually what I did and how I came up, up with my passion. I just, uh, I didn't do anything for a while about it. This is before I started my search for the silence. How long did that last, the, the doing nothing sort of phase that you were, that you were in? Oh, it probably lasted two years. <laughs> Everything seemed to take a long time. And uh, and I think part of that was, was relaxing, mm-hmm. was um, just be more laid back. Because I did have an urgency, and I think a lot of people do, about, fi- about not wasting time and about uh, finding that purpose. And when I when I relaxed into it and just went day to day in, into my life, I, and I, in my article, I call it getting spacey, mm-hmm. <laughs> daydreaming, just having positive thoughts and believing that self-fulfillment will come, some more meaning will come into your life. And it, it's actually quite spiritual. You know, what you said reminded me of something. And you're in Canada, right? Yes. So have you ever been to Hawaii? I have, yes, several times. Okay, so I have gone to Hawaii a couple of times. And what makes me, sort of what I think about when I go to Hawaii is it takes about a week to get into that slow, relaxed pace that they have there. Because it's definitely a different pace in Hawaii than it is for someone who's working. And when I have gone, it always takes me about six or seven days to get into that relaxed pace. And when you said that it took you two years to get into the relaxed pace of doing nothing, and then you started your search, that reminded me of going to Hawaii, that it takes a while to let your brain sort of decompress. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I recall that. However, I uh, I didn't go to Hawaii since I've been retired. Maybe I should have. Yeah, maybe you, uh, you yeah. won't even have to get into the pace because you're already there. <laughs> <laughs> I went while I was teaching, and that meant I had a two-week window. I usually went to Christmas time, and I loved it. But by the time I got to the place where I was really laid back, <laughs> it was it was time to think about going back. So you had that same so, experience. It takes a oh, while yes. to decompress 
in an island like Hawaii where they're not into the hustle and bustle. Yes. And I had the same experience in Mexico. I always went to a small village. I didn't go to the hubbub of the big cities in Mexico. I went to a small village and I made myself at home and I just wandered around and got into that into that mindset and it was very relaxing. <laughs> but I haven't traveled since I haven't traveled much since I retired. And I know that many people do, and maybe this is a byproduct of uh, going on a relaxing trip, is that if once you're retired and uh, you can't really figure out what to do, it's a very good thing to do, to go to a place where you can totally unwind, and maybe it'll come to you. And you don't need to travel because you're already relaxed. Well, yes, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't know if I if I ever really, you know, relax totally, because I uh, still have a strong sense of wanting to make a contribution. And uh, that will last for a long, long time. Well, I think you're doing it through your blog. Yes. And that's exactly it. That's that's why I'm uh, so devoted to this blog. I haven't missed, I think I missed one post (laughs) one week in three years. Uh, and and I always have more things to say, more things to discover. And I I noticed that in your notes, you talked about how to help people. And that, that is a, an important thing of what you do, I think. Now, I'm not entirely sure that I help people consistently. I know it's in the back of my mind that I would like to do that. Sometimes I just want to be funny uh, or I just want to uh, look into the future. I have uh, uh, I have several articles I wrote about <clears throat> artificial intelligence. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes I just want to explore and I don't know what that does for other people. The only thing I know is that I get a pretty good response and I uh, I tend to go back to the articles that resonated with people, and I'll write more about that topic. Well, don't you think that if you're entertaining people and getting them away from all of the cares of the day, that that's helping them? Yes, I guess so. (laughs) See, you are helping even if you're not, you know, directly, even if it's just something interesting that you're writing about, like artificial intelligence or something funny. So tell my listener where they can find your blog. It's www.stilltheluckyfew.com. And before we say goodbye, because we are running into the end of, of our time together, what would you advise that the listener do? You know, they, especially those who like you, aren't really interested in that traditional route. And they don't want to wait 10 years like you did to really find <laughs> your passion. What what should they do? I would say go for some professional help. Okay. I think that's I think that's very important. And I guess the next the next thing I would advise is if that doesn't work, just start daydreaming. <laughs> <laughs> just daydream if you can't get the professional help. Well, you know what? I'm definitely going to link to some professionals in the show notes. That would be great. 
And yeah. um, my goodness, the time flew by today, didn't it? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Half an hour's gone by. Well, Kathy, I thank you very much. You're a tremendous interviewer. And uh, it's, uh, I don't, I don't uh, speak very often because I usually write. <laughs> so. It's fun to hear your voice. So listeners, head on over to her blog. And so you can read about some of the things that she writes about. It's very interesting. And don't forget, we'll be back next week. So we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com. And we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app, and then you search for the show. And when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show, and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted 
on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.